Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about Loki, Season 2, Episode 1, and The Exorcist Believer. That's right, another double header. Sometimes it'd be like that, all right? Um, <laughs> and there will be some spoilers, but there won't be any spoilers till uh, later, so that's first warning. We're going to go ahead and get this thing going. Hey, everyone, this is Dylan. And I'm Michael. That's right. So um, Loki started. I completely forgot that it was happening. And yeah. we have been talking about The Exorcist Believer for a real long time. And there's stuff to spoil in both of those. And we definitely will be spoiling elements of them. So if you don't if you don't want to hear that, that's okay. You just listen to the news first. and Because we won't spoil anything until after the news. Dylan, what you got? All right. So I got um, just a few articles today. Yeah, it's a light week, man. Yeah, very light week, but it looks like the um, actor strike is uh, coming to an end. So I'm hoping we'll have like a barrage of news maybe Man, next I'm week hoping. or the one after that. That'd be cool. Um, first one is some news about a live action Cyberpunk 2077 movie. Mm. Um, it says, <laughs> oh, I can tell you don't like it already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> developers CD Project Red. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the game developer? Of, of the video game company, yes. Okay, okay. That's what I thought. Okay. They, they um, also have did confer- the Witcher. Oh, right, right. Have confirmed plans to uh, collaborate with anonymous content studios on a live action version. We don't know anything about the story, really, or narrative or anything. Um, we just know they're looking for a writer at this point. So it doesn't exist so, so it's in just any an idea. form. Yeah, they just want to do it. Um, Someone said, wouldn't it be cool if... And yeah. then they go, yeah, okay. And it looks like they want it to be a TV show. And they said it would be a brand new story set in the world of Cyberpunk 2077. So I think it would be some kind of like spinoff and not necessarily an adaptation of the game, which I think might be a better way to go than yeah, definitely. doing like a good condensed cutscene adaptation. But definitely. I still haven't played it, have you? Yeah, I did. I like it. I mean, I also like the tabletop game. And they're all connected, which I really... Um, respect about Artelsorian. Artelsorian games, the people that make uh, Cyberpunk ta- on tabletop. Um, I met the designer, the creator of Cyberpunk, uh, the game from the original game at Gen Con, and he is super cool. His name is Mike Pondsmith, and it's nice. great. Anyway, yeah, I got him to sign a copy of a, a really stupid old game that he wrote. Um, anyway, um, but I, I I love Cyberpunk. I think it's really interesting. I I like it as a game more than I like other shadow, uh, cyberpunk games in the genre. It's really confusing because the game is called cyberpunk. And that is also the genre in which it sits, you know? Yeah. So that is confusing, but um, I think they do it best and all of the properties are connected. So I think, I think the a TV arm is really cool. And Mike Pondsmith does have oversight over the entire video game story as well. So it's the story will be good at the very least based on the like on the game or other properties or other tie-ins is there room for like keanu reeves or idris elba or anything like that to be of course in this tv show of course but i mean but i don't know if that would i don't know if that's a realistic goal yeah because i mean the game the game had a real tumultuous launch if you remember like yeah 2077 came out it was a problem like, but it's apparently it's amazing now. now. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. now. There's no problems now. They have just had a new expansion come out and everybody loves it. But I feel like it's still a strong like IP though. Like it, it definitely has is. recognition. It definitely is. Um okay. Uh it's my turn to have a restoration movie. <laughs> so you know it's a little bit slow this week. There's a Okay. I'm I, Disney, I have one of those too. Disney is celebrating a hundred years this year and they're oh. restoring some of their some of their classics and to commemorate the Walt Disney uh, company's anniversary. They're, they're restoring Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in 4K on Disney okay. Plus. And it's like kind of like when you talk about them, I feel like it's more of it's more than just like a 4K upscale. It's, it's not an upscale. It's a it's a new transfer. Yeah. They're working with the original like background paintings and wow, the original sketches and stuff like that. And that's awesome. It says that I mean, the it's only it, it can only look so good if you're it's like when you're doing camera negatives, it can only look so good. You know, like when exactly spoilers, I have a 4K restoration that I'm talking about later. Um, but it 
it can look as good as it looked originally when it was shot. You know, it can never really look much better than that other, without an upscale. Um, yeah. But when you're going back to original paintings and stuff, this can be, this could potentially be like mind blowing, especially if you have Disney money. You might have never seen Snow White look like this before. Is there a trailer yet? There's no, there's a side by side like mm. photo, but there's no trailer. It, I, um, I, I see the photo. It looks really good, but that didn't tell you anything. Yeah. I want to see it in motion for sure. Yeah. It looks um, great. It says the restoration was undertaken by the Walt Disney Studios restoration and preservation team, um, working closely with key artists from Walt Disney Animation Studios. And it comes out October 16th. So in like just a week, under a week. So is it going to be in theater? Oh, no, it's a home video. I was it is home video, but I was thinking they should put it in theaters for a little limited run. That would have been cool. This is not at all in my wheelhouse, but I might. I might consider picking up that 4K. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I don't really cool. like Snow White all that much. I don't like Snow White, but like I love the vibe I of see it. it. Right. Yeah, I want to see um, it. Agreed. So maybe I'll watch this on Disney Plus. Um, and then my last one is we got a little uh behind the scenes featurette video for the Marvels. It's only like a minute and a half long, but it's um some cast interviews and Nia DaCosta, the director, little right. little things with her too but it, the purpose of the video was to announce that tickets are on sale today oh, um yep i saw i got the notification <laughs> did you get your tickets yet michael i did for, i'm very excited I'm, I'm going that thursday dolby 3 30 p.m it's that's like i assume i'm off that day i need to look but 3 30 i'm back in my day uh okay when movies came out <laughs> on friday i'm going i'm going to the first show this like, is getting out of hand, Michael. Um, nothing against you, but I feel like it should at least be like Thursday night. You know, I like, agree. It's just I, a full day at this point. Because it's ten a.m. Yeah, at this point, you can't say the movie comes out on Friday. The movie's out on Thursday. Like, what are we doing here? I don't know, but I will say the the downside of going to see a movie on Thursday is I've I've started using this app that is not new. It is one of the oldest apps in the Google Play Store called Run P. You heard of it? No, it is a community driven app um, to give you P times for movies. So like when is the optimal moment that you can go run and go pee and be gone for three minutes and they will summarize it for you. I like they'll summarize what you right. And so you'll get a notification on your phone or your Apple watch or, your, you know, your whatever. And it was like, OK, whenever you hear the, te- the detective say, let's go get our girls home. Go. And then when you're walk it back in the bathroom, you read the synopsis of what you missed and you walk into it and then there you go. And but, but you, can't on thir- do that. you can't do that on Thursday because no one's seen it yet because it's community driven. Um and I will tell you I tested it out on the last voyage of the Demeter and it worked really well. Oh really? Like, yes. I because I I you know I was like you know what let me let me see if this app works like like it's supposed to and it really did. I they said the thing they said the dialogue I went to the bathroom and I came back and it was right when it was supposed to be. And I read the synopsis and I didn't, I didn't miss anything. Cause That's you cool. always have that worry of like, what if I miss the big reveal or I come back and I'm lost and they're on Mars. Yeah. But um, I would, I guess I would use that, but I'm like paranoid. I'll like, su- like just suffer in my seat until the movie's oh, over. Course. Right, but I mean, I don't. Get, we're getting up there in age, Michael. We we won't be able right? to do that forever, right? You know, look, look. I don't need it on every show, but I turn it on just in case. <laughs> I don't. Agreed. I don't always need it. Like, I almost did it during the Exorcist, but I was sitting in IMAX and I was at the very top of the stadium, and I was like, "Ah, eh, that's that's more than a three minute trot." Yeah, and but with the Marvels, have you? I don't know. Like, what's the vibe at your store? I feel like the the hype is extremely low. Low. I know it's only a month away. It's still hype a month away, but real low. Which right? is too bad because yeah. it looks cool. I think it looks great. I'm tired of Beastie Boy songs in the in trailers. Why? I, look, I, I I don't I I like the Beastie Boys, but I'm tired of it. It's supposed to you know indicate I'm you know, this is the cool trailer. These are you know this is edgy or you know we're it's fun. Yeah, right. We're fun. Um. And I'm over it. I see you, trailer editors. Quit using the Beastie Boys. I thought you just didn't like the slow remixes. Well, I, I, well, that's 
that I mean, they're still doing that. They've been doing that for 10 years and I'm over it. I, I hate it. But that'll never mixes stop. of 80 songs. No, that's that's where we're at. That's how we live now. That's what trailers are. But I will carry on the hype. We will carry on the hype for the, yeah, I'm ready. For I'm the ready. whole company. Was it in three weeks? Um, Something like that? Something like after that, Halloween, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, that's cool. I don't know. Theaters seem to think it's going to do okay. I was talking to Regal. It's two weeks after Halloween. Two weeks. Was set up at our convention last weekend. And um, I was asking them, like, I just want to get, like, the lay, like, how things are going at theaters, if they're... Right. Um, like what, what, like what the next big one is for them because they have mm-hmm. all the ticket sales numbers personally, and they're like, they're kind of like just dreading Taylor Swift next week. Yeah, of course, because I think I don't know if you saw this. It's kind of off topic, but AMC put out a theater etiquette thing for Taylor Swift. Oh God, did you see that? No. And the the basically the theater credit etiquette is that there is no etiquette, and that they confirm that you can like stand and sing, and it's like like concert. <laughs> I would be really upset like if I fought in those Taylor lines to get my AMC tickets before yeah. that was posted and now I have I have paid cuz you couldn't even use A list on it right you had to pay like regular dollars um yeah full it's, dollars. Like the ter- it's like the Terrifier thing I'm excited about seeing Terrifier too but I got to pay real money annoying um but whatever anyway but like for Taylor Swift and I pay my real dollars my real Taylor bucks and then it, a month after I get my tickets, AMC is like, oh, it's okay, Swifties. You can all stand and sing and be loud and do whatever you want. That ain't me, man. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go. I didn't go to the concert for a reason. I want to go watch no. it. Well, I think you'd be fine with like the type of showtimes you go to. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, not for this. Uh, though. If I went, if I went to the 3 p.m. on the first day, it's still going to be full of Swifties, dog. True. Yeah. But it's only showing, um, like a couple of days friday right? saturday sunday night for a month oh wow. it's got like a weird schedule but Did um you get tickets other, are you going of course yeah i had to get tickets i couldn't get them anywhere nearby i had to get them in amc willowbrook bro yeah because it kept crashing i was having spider-man homecoming or no way home flashbacks oh, i remember that um but i really wanted to see dolby i was i was being picky in my defense so well yeah if you're gonna see a concert film you want to see it in the best audio format which is yeah. um I saw a, a movie in Prime recently, and I don't to get why they have Prime theaters when they're just a less good Dolby. Yeah, I don't just, understand it. Just have two Dolbys. Like you have, I get the IMAX. That's different. I understand, but there's a Prime and a Dolby in First Colony, and they're right next to each other. Just, just make them both Dolby. The chairs are the same. Just you have to pay for Dolby. It has to be, and there, okay. and there's got to be something for, you know, AMC Prime, you know, on some sort of a marquee that makes it sound cool. Yeah, it does sound cool. AMC Prime. Ooh, what's that? It's a worse Dolby. Artisanal. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, that's pretty much that's all my news. I only got those few. Okay. Well, let's hear about that live sale. I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back. And before we get to my news, we're going to do our picks of the week. And I'm going to go first, and I'm picking a magazine. It is spooky season, Dylan. So, you know, we got to talk about Fangoria magazine, uh, the premier horror magazine. And the cover is a shout out to my favorite moment from a movie we reviewed, I believe, last week. Saw 10. I'm sending it oh. to you in the chat. <laughs> it's with that's the lady with the, with, the, with the leg saw. Yeah, it's not poly bagged. It is. That's just out there raw on the cover. Just 
That's disgusting. I know. I know. It's. <laughs> I, I opened it and I was like, ah, look at this. Uh, and it's even worse on the inside. All the all the gross kills I talked about, uh, or traps I talked about on the saw review, they're in there. You see, you see them. Love that. Yeah. So there you go. I'm picking Fangoria number twenty one. Volume two, number twenty one. I am picking a. There's not a bunch of big launches today, but I'm picking the Superior Spider-Man Returns number one. This is a one-shot commemorative uh, issue celebrating. Um, the 10 year anniversary of Superior Spider Man. That's cool. And it's got Dan Slott, Ryan Stegman, Mark Bagley, Umberto Ramos, and a bunch of others like returning Superior Spider Man creators doing That's a little, cool. I love a little new, new story. Yeah, That's same. Cool. Um, all right. Getting on to my news here. Dylan, I have some Fortnite news. Fortnite. <gasps> it's it's time it? for Fortnite Mares 2023. Oh. That's right. We're going to have it's horror time. It's spooky season in Fortnite. Now through November 2nd, we're going to get new we're getting new characters, a bunch of new bling emotes and whatnot. We're going to get okay. Jack Skellington, um Alan Wake, and I'm sending you a picture, Dylan. The man himself is in Fortnite. Oh, really? That's Michael cool. That's Myers. Cool. Michael Fortnite Myers has made it to Fortnite. Um so I Definitely, That's amazing. I know it's incredible. I hope there's some sort of a he's always walking emoji like his run animation, it makes it look like he's walking, but he's actually moving at full speed. Um, he's got to have a knife, right? Yeah, he has a knife, he has a knife, uh, harvester, and he has um, a pumpkin back bling and some sort <laughs> of an emote. I just sent another picture. Um, yeah, it looks great. So, I if you like Fortnite or even if you don't, come play. The That's Halloween amazing. stuff with us. Um, we're approaching the 60th anniversary of Doctor Doctor Hoomst. and what? I Doctor Who. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I am a big Doctor Who fan. And one thing that's really exciting, uh, or I should say, one thing that is uh, hard a lot of times is watching classic Doctor Who episodes um, for a multitude of reasons. Um. The BBC just doesn't even have some of them because they're so old and they didn't really do a lot of archival preservation of old Doctor Who stuff. So there's just uh, there are a couple episodes that are just lost to time. Uh, They have audio recordings of them, but they don't have video. Um, However, over 800 episodes of Doctor Who programming is coming to BBC iPlayer um, on November the 1st, which you can easily access with a VPN, uh, which I do regularly. Um, Anyway, which is an iPlayer is free. So, and that is including black and white era Doctor Who and including spinoff shows like Sarah Jane Adventures and Torchwood. So super cool. Um, Nice. Yeah, BBC did a lot of stuff to clean up some of the programming and make it suitable for streaming. So very, very exciting. Um, Now on to everything else is horror news. Moving on. Um, Exorcist Deceiver, Dylan. Exorcist Deceiver. What's it's that? Se- this is the sequel. Oh, okay. Didn't this know is a trilogy, existed. remember? Right. This is a planned trilogy, but this is interesting, and maybe a spoiler for my review. David D- David Gordon Green is not necessarily locked in to direct the sequel. Fire him. I mean, so yes. Uh, the Exorcist Believer, which is the movie we're going to be talking about shortly, will first be followed by Exorcist Deceiver, which is already dated for April 18th, 2025. And everybody assumed David Gordon Green would return to direct the movies, all three of them, of course, like he did with Halloween. However, in a new chat with The Hollywood Reporter, David Gordon Green casts doubt on those expectations. He says, uh, uh, THR quotes, Green currently has outlines for the next two chapters of his Exorcist sequel trilogy. And while he once had plans to co-write and direct all three chapters, he's not quite ready to say if he's definitely directing Exorcist Deceiver or the eventual trilogy Capper. In his own words, he says, my intent, quote, my intention is just to start making things. And as those plans come together, if I find myself in that director's chair, I'd be thrilled. But right now I'm navigating it from a story perspective and looking at my uh, realities of life as I pivot. Hmm. So that 
if I'm if I'm you know reading between the lines, looking at the tea leaves here, what that's telling me is that uh, before the movie came out, Universal's like, hey dog, this movie's not good. Um, I don't know if we can have you back. Well, if if people like it, maybe we'll bring you back. Yeah, but I think he's probably in like negotiations if if it's even happening, and he's like, right, doesn't want to say, yeah, I definitely am coming back because then you kind of give away your negotiating power but at least that's what i think it would be if it was received well but now that it's not maybe you're right maybe they just don't Yikes. want him back yeah would you i mean I, i'd this... come back absolutely i'd come back if david gordon green was not attached i mean this is also obviously spoilers for my review um if david gordon green was not attached to the movie i probably would be more excited about seeing a sequel yeah mm. anyone in mind um no, I hadn't thought about it, honestly. Um Yeah, I don't know the, either, but Nia it'd be cool to have a fresh. That'd be cool. Yeah. Somebody yeah, somebody different, somebody that's gonna put a different spin on it. Mike I really like Yeah, sure, why not? Get uh, one of the new young horror people. I think that'd be cool. Ari Aster. Actually, actually <laughs> that'd be terrifying. <laughs> uh that would be great. I would love an Ari Aster. Would that, Ari Aster would that fit as a movie. sequel? Never to this? Never. He and he wouldn't do it. Yeah, you're right. He would do a standalone Exorcist movie. That'd be cool. Oh man, just anyway. They, I don't like. I don't know if we're playing and talking about the box office at all. And your, um, I didn't have it. Saved, right? But it's like it's doing, it's doing just pretty poorly, okay, right? Yeah, uh, and they apparently paid four hundred million dollars yes. to make this trilogy. There's a there's a New York uh there's a New Yorker article I think I forget who it's called four the Exorcist. Uh, the Exodus Believer uh, cost $400 million. Where did it go? Because it, the subtext there is that it's not on the screen. Um, that what, is over we'll three movies, but like that's still kind of like a big yikes for them. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Um, next up, Terrifier 2, as we've talked about before, is going to be re-released in theaters um november 1st it'll be in theaters for i think a week or so and it, it might be only one day i haven't really they're only have show times up for the first day but when they re-released terrifier one it was up for two weeks so okay. anyway anyway um we've talked about that and i'm excited we're going hopefully but it was announced later er, uh, earlier in the week uh, or later in last week, that uh, there's going to be a sneak peek for Terrifier 3 post-credits. Really? Yes. Which That's is very cool. exciting. And then, today, uh, Damien Leone, director and creator of Terrifier, he says, quote, for those of you speculating that the Terrifier 3 teaser is just going to be some 20-second gimmick, I assure you, it's a legit teaser trailer. It's over two minutes long, and you're going to effing love it. Exclusively in theaters November 1st. So I'm big hyped, so <laughs> hyped. I I love Terrifier. Terrifier is great. It's stupid. It's silly, and it's everything you want out of an ultra gory slasher. And if you haven't seen it, uh, you probably don't need to. Honestly, if you if 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 you know of Terrifier and you go, maybe not for me. It's not. But uh, it's going to be watch exciting. It. Um, in addition, I I did tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, the first 100 fans at each theater will receive an exclusive Terrifier 3 poster. Three. Okay, cool. Yeah, for three. So there's that. Guess we know Ter- Terrifier makes it out alive. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Who are, what are you, some kind of Terrifier? Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so I've got two trailers to talk about, although one is a restoration trailer. Um Aero Video, who does some great genre work, um, have a Lucio Fulci classic coming to 4K uh, for the first time called The House by the Cemetery, which is the third installment in his Gates of Hell trilogy, which are movies that you don't you, you don't have to watch them in order, but they are connected through themes. Um, okay, I was wondering about that. Yeah. Those movies are, by the way, Don't Torture a Duckling and City of the Living Dead. Um, this movie came out in 1981, and this is a 4K restoration from the original negative, meaning this is as good as this movie can look. Um, okay. We're getting a 4K 
um, Ultra HD Dolby Vision HDR10 compatible, um, new restored lossless mono and Italian soundtracks because it's an Italian film. Um, so you're getting everything. It isn't just the video, the visual upgrades. You're getting the full audio upgrades too. Um, everything got got the improvement, and they have tons and tons. I'm not even going to read them all. Tons and tons of special features. And if you've bought any of these um, Italian or these, I should say, these Giallo um, Arrow releases over the past couple of years, you'll you'll know what to expect. You'll get like the, I'm sending it to Dylan right now. You'll get like a deluxe packaging, a poster, a bunch of art cards, slipcase. It's going to look super premium. It's going to be exactly what you want. It's going to look Very great nice. on your shelf. And they released a trailer for it, which shows a really nice looking restoration. The movie looks like that vinegar syndrome trailer that we showed off last week. The, it looks like a new movie that was shot to look old to me. It's agreed. That's, yeah. It looks real good for a movie that was shot in 81. And it, the, the blood is like candy red. It's great. It is, <laughs> but that's how it's supposed to be. That's that's what Jello does. Um, so I assume you've never heard of this movie, Dylan. No, I haven't heard of the trilogy. Any do of the you, movies. Do you know um, Lucio Fulci? It sounds familiar, but I don't sure not, not um, really. You've yeah. never I'm sure you've never seen any of his movies. Um the the one the one I would always recommend to people is Zombie Two. Uh you it was released in America um as just zombie. Um, okay. because the first one never came out here. Um, okay. and then eventually on Blu-ray it became Zombie Two. But um it has a very famous couple of very famous famous scenes where um there's a zombie that's fighting a shark early on in the movie. And there's then later you get a zombie shark. Um, so you find of out, course. That, I guess the zombie won that fight. And then there's a really famous like eyeball scene in that movie that is just like an unflinching, like, is the thing really going to go into the eye? It's like, it's just like an, like a extreme close up on this potential gore shot that you're watching it. Like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. It's not going to cut away. It's not going to cut away. And it doesn't, it's incredible. You're like it's just it just you just see it happen. You're like, oh my god! You're just waiting for that horror movie release of the cutaway to something safe, and it doesn't do it. It's wild. Um. Anyway, Lucia Fulci, uh, super uh, bold Italian filmmaker, and go check out the trailer for this. Um, yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Would you watch this, Dylan? I'd watch it for sure. Yeah, yeah. The vibes are immaculate. It's very uh, Italian seventies, even though it's released in eighty one. But you know, you know how it goes. Okay, last last trailer we got here. This is a movie I didn't know was coming out, but I got it in front of The Exorcist Believer. Um, this is a movie called Night Swim, produced by Giallo legend James Wan. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. I was looking up. It Giallo said the stuff. producer of None was his credit on this trailer. The producer of wild. None from the producer of <laughs> I know, None, James I know. Wan. I was like, not, oh, not okay. The, well, I mean, you don't want to say produced by the director of Malignant. It's like, well, why didn't he direct it? But um. But he also produced Saw and other, you know, better movies than The Nun. But yeah, whatever. Anyway, didn't he produce Malignant too? <laughs> anyway, uh, but it's directed. It's the movie is written and directed by Bryce McGuire, who I, I don't think he's ever done a feature film before. He's done some shorts. Okay. Um, but we get a trailer here. Um, I got this right before The Exorcist, and so where is the 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 talk up here with the trailer yeah it's a fam- follows a family who awakens a supernatural presence in the backyard swimming pool of their new home <laughs> that's right it's a haunted swimming pool movie coming out january 5th um what did you think of that trailer dylan uh i have no idea what it's actually about but because the trailer is basically like a scene you know right um but i'm heavily invested i want to see this for sure I- I think it looks very silly. Obviously, it's a haunted swimming pool movie. Like, I th- I think the 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 worst part of the trailer is the very end where you get like this the spooky voice going like "Come here" or whatever they're saying. Yeah, but I don't know. Polo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Polo. <laughs> um. I don't know. So Go like, check out the trailer. It's okay. The trailer's not bad. I'm. I want to see a real trailer though. We could watch the short based on a short. Oh, I is guess, it based on he- a short? I'm looking at his IMDb, and he did a short called Night Swim in 2014. It's four oh. minutes long. It says a woman swims in her pool at night, but something watches her. That's the okay. That's the premise. 
Well, how interesting. Okay. Well, so then it could be like uh, Bo is afraid, right? We just go have to track that down, and then we know the secrets of the movie. Exactly. Uh, it didn't work like that with Bo is afraid. But no. um, anyway, go check out uh, the Night Swim trailer. Tell us what you think. Um, that's all I got. Let's hear about those tabletop events. Now it's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of July. All exact dates and formats can be found on our Discord server. Kicking it off with Keyforge, we run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7pm till around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. We also love our role-playing games. Once a month at our Clear Lake store, we host an in-store one-shot RPG for players of all skill levels. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, and character sheets will be provided. There is no entry fee. However, we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited, and sign-ups are only open for about three weeks before the event. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. These events occur at Arcady and Clear Lake locations. We'll see you at the game tables. And we are back, and we're going to talk about uh, The Exorcist, Believer, and Loki, Season 2, Episode 1. Fair warning for spoilers for Loki Season 1, um, and The Exorcist, Believer, and any previous Exorcist films. There are things to spoil, and I'm probably going to spoil them. Um, so, fair warning, if you don't want to have spo- be spoiled, turn back now. All right, let's talk about Loki first. I, you, you okay with that, Dylan? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so Loki, when did this come out? This came out Thursday. Okay, so we're on Thursdays now? Okay. Yeah. With, I, at nighttime, I, which we like. That is good. I, I wasn't ready for this to come out. I didn't know. It, I, I think I found out the day before. That okay. I, and I'm sure we've talked about it. We talk about release dates all the time, but I feel like um most release dates are sort of like penciled in for me in my mind. Yeah, same. Especially if they're at home. But um, were you, what was your hype level like for Loki? Um, I kind of forgot it was coming out as well, especially because it overlapped. Well, it didn't overlap, but it it premiered the same week that Ahsoka ended. Like Ahsoka right. ended on Tuesday, and then Loki came out Thursday. It was just like no breathing room, you know. So I wasn't like too excited for it. Um, but I did. I did like Loki season one in the end. So yeah, I we was, did too. I was yeah. looking forward to it. I, yeah, I remember we liked Loki season one. I think. It was um, mostly favorable, our review, but, you know, we had the, the complaint that uh, like a lot of the Marvel Disney Plus shows from that era that, that could have been a movie or it felt like a movie that was cut to be a TV show. Yeah, agreed. The pacing was weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I feel like that might be the case with this season, yeah, too. I agree. Based on this episode. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I was sort of a very similar hype. I was like, I, I mean, I liked Loki season one. It was one of the better um, first crop behind obviously like WandaVision and Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight. Um, but anyway, um, so I watched this, um, today, actually I watched it today. So it's fresh, fresh in my mind. Um, nice. You'll have to help me through some of it because I'm already forgetting. It's already slipping. So, so what that takes place like right after, uh, Loki season one, like the moment, like immediately. Yeah, which is interesting. I don't love that um, as a concept for this. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. Okay, and I, I'm, I'll, I'll bury the lead a little bit. I won't bury the lead. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I, I have some problems with it, but it's, okay. it's the the plot centers around Loki and Mobius in the TVA, and there's some time issues with Loki in the TVA. And he's like fluttering in and out of time. He's uncontrollably warping. Right. And we don't know why. Or he was like, yeah, because he was like, um, sent to this variant universe by Sylvie at the end of season one. And then he He wakes up and it's like, yeah. And it's like, uh, Kang stuff everywhere. 
and he now we're remains. yeah he who remains uh but now we're here right like the moment it ended trying to pick it up uh-huh. which you said you didn't like but i feel like i might like it like in the grand scheme you know like just blending the two seasons together maybe if so you're picking up look if you're picking up loki now and you just finished that season and you're like okay let's see season two like Sure. I think I, it wouldn't bother me, but like I years later, I'm like, what? Where are we? What's happening? Right. You know? it, it feels like I don't remember how many episodes were in Loki season one, but it just feels like the next episode. It feels like. Absolutely. It doesn't yeah. feel like the start of a new season. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'll just, I'm just going to get right into things I didn't like about it, if, if that's OK. Um, I didn't. <laughs> I I mean, this is one episode of a, sh- of a series, so there's not a lot to say. Um, it's It's a lot of walking around and giving out plot. Uh, there's not a lot of, I don't know. Um, my biggest thing, my talking point that I will have for this is that it feels like a parody of what Marvel properties are like from people who don't watch Marvel properties. There's a lot of jargon, a lot of jargon. Oh, well, the TVA has to do the this, and then the he who remains has to this, and then we have to do the time stream, and you're a variant, and you know, it's just, it's just like quest jargon. You know, it's just like a. It feels like a like a sketch to me. And I was kind of exhausted by like it felt like a getting bad NPC dialogue. I get that. Yeah. It and I can't imagine somebody who it you know didn't watch the first season. I cannot fathom what this was like for you. Well, no. I don't or know. Or someone you who would... doesn't like Marvel anyway. Yeah, that would be crazy to start season two. But right. um I felt the same way. It just felt a little too exposition heavy. Because uh, we're the whole episode, we're just trying to figure out how to like ground him, I guess, or like get him right stable in the normal, the sacred timeline or whatever. Right. And whatever we it. just need to get like, we need to get this object to do to make it happen, I guess, you know, was the solution. Right. Like, I thought maybe there'd be some kind of clever. Um, I don't know way to, right. way to like fix it, but I was like, oh no, you need this machine you that Kihi Kwan has, which I did appreciate seeing him. Yeah, he was great. Um, and I thought some of the time travel stuff was cool. Like the, I thought his sequence with the conversation and the present and the past worked pretty well. I thought yes. that was I, I like that, that was well done. And then, um, yeah, I guess we're talking about things we don't like though, but. Right. Uh, but I mean that, that doesn't matter. I mean we're not reviewing the whole season, so I don't. I didn't like the the episode as a standalone as well. But I, yeah, I didn't. I like I said. I think if it follows the same like trajectory that the other season did, this will be the setup episode, and, and it, really it will work like, better as a whole. I, I I agree with you. I think I, I'm not I'm not writing off the series or the season at all. I just think this was not a great episode. It feels like a bottle episode, you know. That was just like. Pretty much was, yeah, it was, and it feels like you're in the same location the entire time, which is very visually boring for a 48 minute episode. I disagree. I disagree with that. Do you? I love the vibes of the TVA. I love the retro futuristic. I'm okay with the vibes. I'm so I I like the vibes of the TVA, but like it felt very like okay, we're going through more doors and it's all just TVA. It just I don't know if everything was brown. No, I want more brown TVA doors. Like, I wanted okay. that to be the whole show. It That's could all vibe. be the TVA. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see how we go. But on there's always one. like a pop of orange, Michael. That's true. That's what makes it interesting. We, we didn't have that like minutes yet. I know. Where is she? I'm very excited. She's about hang- that. She's at the end of time or whatever. Yeah. She's evil. We'll see. I want to see Sinister Miss Minutes. But... No one's talking about this either. Everyone was talking about Ahsoka to me at the very least, but I also work at a Star Wars store. I was so, gonna say, yeah, it's doing very well. I think it's you're not a Loki location. No, I'm not. I'm a Star Wars um, store. I think maybe the show needs, like, as I don't know, as great as Tom Hiddleston is, I think it needs like he needs people to bounce off of, and he was working alone most of the episode, um, or like sure. acting off of, just kind of like I don't know. It didn't seem like he had like the fun banter with other people like we like to see with Loki. Like, there's no Sylvie really. Or and he didn't really interact with uh, Mobius too much either, so I think maybe like now that that's getting wrapped up, it'll it'll like feel a little bit more fluid. I don't know. Okay, I think 
Sylvie was missed, though. I like Sylvie a lot. I so, know. It was weird that she wasn't there. I mean, I sort of expected it, you know? I know, but I was happy with the with the way the episode ended. Yeah. Yeah, I was too. <laughs> but, um... Were I you... Think... Go ahead. Were you, um... I don't know, surprised or, like, was it expected for you, the... The fact that we haven't seen uh, he who remains yet. Um, well, or... we saw him immediately as a statue. That was the yeah, first it, visual that we the saw. First frame. Which kind of yeah. weird, like, especially ah. with <laughs> not the jump scare. Um, I don't know. I still don't know how they're going to handle that. I feel uh, like, are I think are they just hoping that it'll go away? Not sure about the controversy, but like. I don't think they've changed anything, so I wonder how big of a role Key Who Remains will play in the show. But right, I don't know. I I like. I genuinely have no idea where this is going, and I kind of like that about that it. That is true. Know? That is that is a nice benefit. I have no idea where this is going. Maybe so. it's because I've been so checked out of this season, but like, I couldn't tell you one thing about by the season. Expected. You mean this episode? Well, about like following the oh, production of the season and everything like that. Sure. I have. I haven't been. I don't know who the, like how yeah, much we don't know. Kang or what it's leading into or anything, and I don't know. I'm excited to find out. I mean, definitely. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm not like, I did not like this episode, but I'm not like I said. I'm not. I'm not canceling my sub. You know. <laughs> Your Disney Plus sub. Yeah, for Loki. Um, speaking of Disney Plus subs, by the way, that Toy Story NFL thing that I talked about. Was garbage. It was so wait, bad. The wait, Toy Story, thing? the Toy Story NFL game where they broadcast the NFL London game with the Toy Story filter to make the players look like toys. I ta- I did a news oh, story okay. on it like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the game happened. It was so bad. It was remarkably Why? bad. Uh, the 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 soft the camp the the gimmick didn't work. Like p- players like clipping through each other and like spinning around. It was it was bad. It was really bad. Go look up some of the clips on YouTube. They're hilarious. Um, anyway, that's my Disney plus tangent, um, moving on to the exorcist believer. Um, and again, here we have some, uh, this is a solo review because, uh, Dylan was very, very busy with the bedrock city con, the first ever bedrock city con full size, bedrock city con giant size, if you will. Um, thanks for bedrock coming. CityCon. If you were there. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming. Yeah. Um, h- helped us make a, a, an awesome show. So agreed. Super cool. So, but yeah, Dylan was planning on seeing The Exorcist, but uh, wasn't able to get it done, and that is acceptable. That's totally okay. So, we're here to talk about The Exorcist Believer, the new trilogy from Blumhouse. Not Blumhouse. Is Blumhouse? No, it's not Blumhouse. It's Universal. And Blumhouse. It's both yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and David Gordon Green. The, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the architect behind the halloween sequel series the recent one starting with 2018 uh then kills and then ends and we all know how we feel about that halloween kills rules um and halloween ends and halloween kills are bad and if you don't know if you don't remember us talking about it um david gordon green only directed the first one he directed 2018 and that movie was great then he wrote uh the two sequels and those are bad and he also wrote this one. So um, you can do some math for yourself there and see what we're going to get. Anyway, so what we have here is a direct sequel to the first Exorcist movie. So ignoring any sequels or TV series um, or prequel movies, because there were two prequel movies. Um, anyway, so this is a, this is its own brand new sequel with a new, with a new continuity. Dylan, were you looking forward to this? Were you hoping it was good? What were your thoughts, even though you didn't get to see it yet? I was very much looking forward to it before the Me reviews too. came out. Yeah, before the reviews came out, I was really looking forward to it. I was I was big hyped. I'm now realizing that most of the Exorcist movies are bad. I guess poorly re- poorly received. Even even my favorite one, three, is not the best received one. I mean, I, well, I mean, nothing's going to beat the first one. Yeah, the one Academy Award for Best Picture. It has a seventy eight percent. Which one? Weird. The first one. How? How? That movie is immaculate. That's wild. That's wild to me. What's What's wrong with it? 
Kid, okay, whatever. I'll get off my soapbox, but that movie is there's there are no flaws in that movie. Anyway, whatever. Um, that's as close well, to perfect of a of a horror movie as you can get. Do you want another tra- tra- uh, trajectory? Of, of course. The franchise? Well, okay, okay. Let me guess. Okay, so I'm not looking at it. I'm gonna guess two. Well, so again, these are retro movies, so a lot of these movies are gonna have like less than fifty reviews, so they're gonna be kind of weird numbers. Like House by the Cemetery has eleven. The movie we just talked about in the news thing. So like. This one's got 65. Okay, I would say Exorcist 2 has got to be like in the 40s. 11%. Wow, incredible. Okay. 13 from audience. That's awful. It's it's bad. It's universe. It's hated. Everyone hates it. I'm gonna say Exorcist 3 is significantly better than that, but still rotten. Probably in the 50s. 58%. Yeah. Yeah. Um Um, audience is probably from audience. Okay. 57 from audience. Close enough. Um and then there's beginning. Who cares? Begin those 11% as well. Yeah, and Dominion. Dominion prequel to The Exorcist is thirty percent. Like, yeah, I was like, I was gonna say twenty, but yeah, I didn't bad. even know that existed. So, I don't think. Uh, look, I could do a whole podcast on that because that's such that is such an interesting story because those two movies are the same movie. Um, then there was like a rights issue with the script, and they fired a guy, hired a new guy, made the movie, hated it, released it anyway because they had to, and then hired the old guy back. To make the movie again. Oh, and they're it's, both telling Skarsgård? Uh-huh. Interesting. It's, I'm going to watch these. Dude, those movies are bad. They're so bad. And it's so interesting if you learn like all the behind-the-scenes stuff about it. It's such like what it's such a waste of money. Um. Anyway, yeah. Dominion and um, uh, Exorcist, what, Beginnings? What's it called? Beginnings? Uh. Exorcist: The Beginning and the Dominion beginning. Prequel, prequel to The Exorcist, yeah. which they're is both, the name. What a yeah. lame name! Yeah, they're both so <laughs> bad. Um, anyway, um, so Exorcist: Believer is the direct sequel to the first one, um, starring um, new people, and it is starts out in much like the first. Dylan, you've seen the first Exorcist? Yeah, that's the only one you've seen, right? You've seen only TV? that. Well, and the TV show. Okay. Um, this one starts out in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and you're introduced to Mister Fielding. I forget his first name. And his pregnant wife, they're going around doing stuff, and uh, there's a hotel collapse, and she gets buried under a bunch of rubble, and they go to this like makeshift hospital, and the doctors are like, you have to choose, save your wife or save your child, and, and fade to black. 13 years later, dad and daughter are in the house. You're like, oh, well, I guess he chose the daughter. And then you, of course, find out later that he did not choose his daughter. He chose his wife, but they weren't able to save her, so they ended up being able to save the daughter. Um and so if you've ever seen a trailer for the exorcist believer i should say if forgive me anytime during this review this review if i say the exorcist i mean the exorcist believer all right okay. um, if you've seen a trailer for this movie you know what happens in the first half um the whole plot is there you know the girls go in the woods they get lost for three days they think they're only gone for 12 hours then they come back possessed and then stuff happens so um i told dylan this um, a couple of days ago or yesterday when I saw the movie, I saw this movie yesterday. Um, my direct comparison is the last fantastic four movie. Um, Ooh. right. So, and in that, I mean, if you remember that movie was panned, right. Mm-hmm. And we, and we, we all went into that movie a couple of days later than when it came out for whatever reason. We, and so we had time to marinate on the terrible reviews and I remember you, me, and Ron, and whoever else was there, were watching it and going, you know what? This isn't too bad. This is okay. Yeah. And then then the time jump happens and it gets terrible and it's bad. And that was my exact experience with this movie. I saw all the reviews. I'm like, this is terrible. This I was like, this is going to be terrible. Great. And then I watched the movie and I'm like, this is, you know what? This is all right. I'm enjoying this. I'm connected. I like the characters. I like, the, you know, this is this is good. I'm enjoying it. And then the possession happens and the movie hits, hits the skids. It just it 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 loses the plot of the exorcist like it doesn't I, I, david gordon green i don't think understands what the horror of the exorcist is like i don't think he gets what do you, it what do you mean by that like what was bad about it so for me i think what makes the original exorcist film so scary and so effective i should say um because scary is a weird word i'm gonna say effective while you're watching it making you feel emotions what is so effective about the first movie is you are Chris McNeil, the mom 
in that movie. That is that is the viewer, not the kid, not the possessed kid. The horror right. is you are identifying with this non-theistic uh, mother who doesn't believe in religion or anything like that. And she has a daughter with these who's having problems, et cetera, et cetera. She's seeking all the medical help. She's seeking everything. And you're watching her unravel and lose control and have to consult people that she never would consult with before and sort of like lose and become completely desperate. And, and she's not even there for the exorcism. Like she doesn't even get to see it. Like she's just so completely ruined by this process. Like that is otherwise you just have a bunch of like gross out stuff. Cause the the gross out stuff from the exorcism bits from the possession from the possession bits doesn't have any weight if you don't care about the characters and like agreed and ellen burston was tremendous in the first movie so very very good and also it was masterfully shot william freaking knows what he's doing and incredibly well written by william peter blatty um and what you have here is a complete disconnect from just caring about these girls as characters because you never see them as characters at all. And you don't get much other than what I just told you about the dad. You don't get much. That's it. He's sad because his wife died 13 years ago. There's no time for anything to, to, to develop. Um, they, they get possessed about 40 minutes into the movie and it's downhill from there. Um, and all the possession scenes and the, 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 degradation of the of these characters is all um it's very flashy and hollow like it feels very um mtv very music video okay. lots of flashing lights loud music like weird imagery like okay when, and not to say it has to look like the original obviously it doesn't doesn't need to yeah. do that but in the original it's so effective because they're not doing those things you're seeing the head spin around. You're seeing the, you know, whatever the weird, because exorcism, exorcism is silly, right? Like it is a silly thing to, to look at. Like, it's like, if you step back from the horror of it, like this is kind of ridiculous, but like with, with a, in the hands of a good filmmaker, it's, it can, even the ridiculous can be effective and scary. And yeah. this is not, it's, it's feels like a rock video. And it's not, and there's just there's stuff that doesn't make any sense. Like they go meet Reagan McNeil's mom. Um, Crit, Ellen Burson comes back for the movie, which is really cool to have her back. She does not need to be there though, as we learned throughout the movie. There is she is not plot essential in any way. I think she's just there to go, hey, hey, she's back. And um, anyway, she'll go, one thing I'll make a point of that I thought was just incredibly stupid writing on their part is or plotting I should say, is uh, Chris McNeil and the dad go to the house of the other possessed girl. Cause there's two girls that get possessed. Okay. And, and, the, and they know that these girls are violent. They go to the house and the girl's families are like huddled in the kitchen. All the lights are off. Everyone's scared. And Ellen Burson goes upstairs by herself. She is an old woman of 80 plus. They <laughs> just let her up there by herself for whatever reason, while the dad, the the strong 30-something dad, 40-something early 40s dad is out, you know, helping the parents or whatever. And then Ellen Burson, of course, gets attacked and then is sidelined for the whole movie and is in the hospital. So she had her scene and then that was it. Um, and then she becomes a character that they reference occasionally and they'll come back to as flashes or whatever. Um, I don't know. That's lame. Yeah, I really I was really disappointed. That feels like Halloween uh, it, kills where Jamie Lee Curtis is in one scene and then she's like in the hospital the whole movie. It it felt like both of those movies because one thing that was really awesome about Halloween 2018 was they used nostalgia in a good way. Like they, they had reminiscent camera shots. They tried to do things that made it feel like the original a certain way. And the first half of this movie did that. The first they had some very Friedkin-esque camera movements and framing and just very interesting shot compositions. And then you just trample all over that. Um, and I will, I'll say the other thing in the original exorcist, the fake voice or the demonic voice that's coming out of Linda Blair's body, obviously it's not Linda Blair um, feels very real. And in this, it feels like video game VO. It doesn't like look like it's, it doesn't sound like it's coming out of that person. 
It doesn't Lame. match. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you'll get VO and like, this doesn't. It's like I'm watching an Illumination movie. Did they use CGI or was it like practical effects or both? Both. Both. Okay. And the, and the CG was bad. CG was bad. There was there was some CG fire that looked so so bad. Um, the one concept that I thought was neat, um, was the way they handled the exorcism. Is it's an interfaith exorcism because the dad is also atheist in this movie, and his neighbor is like a former nun or a former an aspiring nun who she never became a nun. So there's like there's like a Catholic element, and then there's like a uh, some other branch of Christian. Um, element and then there's this lady doing root magic you know and and they're sort of having to work together with their different within their different belief structures to tackle the demon which okay. i think is interesting that i think could be cool. I, yeah yeah definitely could be cool it was not i mean it didn't work out well um and they had they tried to have the father marin hero moment from the first movie where the the old priest shows up out of nowhere and you're like oh man he's here you know, and Max Fancito has that presence in that first movie. Like you, you accept him immediately as a new character. Like, all right. Yep. Awesome. This is it. This guy's serious business. And they do that again here with a different guy. And it just doesn't work out. I, he's did just, they do the classic, the shot, the walking up to the they house. Did not, the they fog. did not do that. But oh, they, 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 did, they, did a, they did a, I, I was like, please don't, don't do it. Do not. <laughs> Every um, movie does that. Right. No, but they did a uh, they did a reveal of like they're doing exorcism bits and it's going poorly and there's a moment of despair and you hear the front door open and you go oh. everybody turns and looks and it's like oh, he's here, um, and okay. then he just gets killed like it almost immediately like he doesn't do it like it it's so dumb. Um, the movie's not good. Uh, anyway, they've announced the 4K release already, so they're telling you that. Um. I don't know. It'll man. be out of home in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So the 4K release does look pretty cool. Like it looks good. It's a steel book and it has a big slip cover too. Like it looks really nice. Like I'll send it to you, Don. Like I'm a sucker for nice packaging, although I'm not buying this. I do love the exorcisms. I'm or, or the exorcist. Um it does look good. Yeah. And exorcism is like my favorite horror subgenre. This movie's bad. Um do you have any questions about it, Don? Or if I hate it all? I mean, I don't know. Were there any like cringe throwback moments or anything like that? Like, was um, there vomiting? Was there crawling down the stairs? No, was there head spinning? No, you know, I think the the blasphemy moments were really forced. It was really cringy. Like, okay, like they were in the trailer, so again, it wasn't a surprise. But like the part where they're in the church and the girl walks up the middle of the aisle while the guy's giving the sermon. Um, and she's like the body and the blood, the body and the blood. But it, like in like a, like it's supposed to be scary, but it's kind of funny the way she's doing it. Like it's just not, it's just not effective. Um, and a lot of the kid dialogue is that way. Um, it's just trying to be scary, but just reads as silly. Yeah, I I saw a review I think on TikTok or something saying that they felt like. Maybe the people making this movie didn't take the religious aspect like as seriously as they right. did in the original movie. Like Definitely maybe not. they clearly didn't believe themselves or like care to make it. I don't know, take it seriously. You know, do, right. do you agree with that? Or absolutely. Well, I mean, the guy that wrote the original Exorcist was a Jesuit uh, pr- practitioner, so like he wrote about, which is like a particularly devout sect of Christianity. So like this is like. He was about it. Like he knew what he was talking about. Right. And so it has a sense of realism. Whether you yeah. ascribe to that belief system or not, right? Like it feels authentic Agreed. to the to the to the story. And nothing in this felt authentic. And 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 it mirrors the original story, right? In that like the dad here and the mom in the original movie are both non-theistic and don't believe. And aren't going to believe. They're not going to come around. But they have to seek help from people that they don't trust necessarily. But like, it just doesn't work here. It's because it, because there's nothing to the theology that's being given to you. Except for the root magic lady. She has way more 
charisma than any of the the Christian priests do. She's great. The lady, I don't know her name. She was, I want to say her name's like Doctor B or something. Um, I don't remember what her okay. name was. She gives everybody gree bags at the beginning of the of the thing, and some of the Christians are like, oh, I don't want to put that on. But um, was any of it in black and white, or is that just like no? That's just the trailers stuff. and posters. Mm. Um, the bummer. The some of the some of the gore effects were pretty good. Um, some of the gore effects were pretty good. Um, but mostly the effects I would say were mid to bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was this kinda, is definitely an at home watch. I will watch it at home because I just want to. I want to know. <laughs> but uh, Dylan, I told you the penultimate spoiler. Is that worth bringing up here? Do you think? Yeah, we can give them a fair warning. Okay, fair warning. If you if you don't want to know a, a real big, re- this is the one. This is the spoiler that you don't want to hear. This is it. Turn back now. All right. So there it is. I've said it at the very end of the movie. The end end credits are three seconds away. That's literally 10 seconds away. Um, you're seeing Ellen Burstyn in the hospital who's been blinded in the eyes uh, because she got allowed upstairs by herself. She got stabbed in the eyes with like crucifixes. It's so stupid. Um, and she's wearing like comedy bandages on her face. Like she's got these two like silver discs over her eyes and then like crisscrossing red bandages across her face. Like she's in like, borderlands or something she looks ridiculous um (laughs) anyway um she's in the hospital you see her hands uh on her lap as she's sitting up in a chair and you hear her say mr fielding that's the dad mr fielding is that you and then you see an uh uh mr fielding is black but and then you see a white older hand approaching as you found out earlier in the movie that she and her daughter reagan from the first movie are estranged because she wrote a book about her and then you find out it's linda blair uh, the daughter, the girl from the original Exorcist, which is a super cool thing to happen. Um, she or potentially, um, she shows up and she puts her hand on Ellen Burstyn's hand, says, "Mom, I'm home." Something along those lines. I'm here. Gives her a hug. Credits. And it was. It could have been so cool, but following what we got. It's just it's it, it's a nothing burger, you know. It's just like, all right, well, there's Linda Blair, I guess, doing nothing. I mean, I, I love I love Linda Blair. Uh, I, re- do you I feel like it Linda promises Blair. a better sequel, like that that scene, or I don't know. Do you think they're it, not going to be involved? The scene the scene doesn't imply a sequel. Okay, it, it is just they have reunited. It does, or they have they have reconciled. It does not say okay. any. It does not like. I guess we'll never know what became of the demon, and the, you know, there's no, there's nothing. Like, they just have the oxygen. The exorcism just, it just got fixed. There was not a. It, it was like, oh, they did it. It's over. Oh, okay, they won. Cool, it's over. So no loose ends or anything like that. No, it all got tied up. Interesting. What's the yeah. point of that? It's even one thing that they're fighting over three movies. Like, yeah, how. I was go- I was gonna say I, I did kind of like tell you this already, but it's interesting to me. Like we talk about the lack of creativity in Hollywood sometimes, but like I feel like they should have gone with the safe thing with this movie. If you're bringing back an established franchise and you're hiring David Gordon Green to do it, like why aren't we copying the Halloween 2018 formula and then and fixing just have what didn't work established there. older actress? I mean, it's possible. Later, maybe maybe fighting... Linda Blair wouldn't agree to come back full time. Just she would come back for this. Yeah, maybe. But even then, you recast whatever. Like I feel it... like you could recast Reagan a little bit. I don't right. know. They already did it in the TV show. So I mean, yeah. But like I, you know, I was talking to Matt uh, at the Clear Lake store about this earlier today. He said the same thing. He goes, you know, I feel like I have never written a screenplay. I could write a better Exorcist sequel than than they did. Hearing what hearing. Right. Hearing you talk it about it should have this. been Reagan's daughter is possessed, and that's right. the movie. Obviously, I mean it's that's the paranormal activity formula, right? Like, uh, the woman as a you know possessed as a kid, and then gets possessed again, and then it goes to her daughter in the next movie. Like that just that, that makes sense. It it's easy. It might sound hokey, but like you can make it good. Yeah, like, exorcism is hokey. Yeah, it's a it's a silly idea. Um, so but you can. I don't... You can do it well. I don't envy them because there's been a million exorcism movies. There's so many. There all... was one this year. 
There was the Pope's Exorcist, right? Yeah, and then there was that one with the nun exorcist lady. I just saw too. The nun too. Um, not the nun. She was a nun, but it was an exorcism movie. It was oh. PG thirteen. I don't think I saw that. One with all the hair. It. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't think I saw it. I'll get to a name, but okay. uh, that's what I'm saying. There's just some. I feel like everything's it's been a, done a little it's, bit. It's a. Oh, I was talking to Lori about it. I was like, I know it's really hard to innovate. In pray for the this, devil. Pray for the devil. I didn't say it. It's really hard to innovate in that in this micro genre of exorcism. Exactly. Because like you can't just remake The Exorcist. You can't just do that again. Or maybe you can. I don't know. No one no one's done it yet. No one has recaptured that magic of what made that first one so good and effective. Um true. But anyway, so my review of this, I, I guess well, we can wrap it up. We've been here for a while of me just complaining about this movie. There were good elements. <laughs> like David Gordon Green, I will hold, he can do good direction. Uh like 28 Halloween 2018 is an example of that. First half of this movie is an example of that. And there's shots, there's good shot composition here. There's good color palettes. Like it he can do that. He just the plot and dialogue is not it. And the editing is rough too. Like but he didn't do that, but like anyway, uh we we rate our movies on the letterbox scale, which is zero point five to five. This is getting a two. Um Oof. Yeah, it was two or two five, and I had to sit with it. And I was no, it's gotta be a two. It's not great. I probably won't watch it again. So, well, but anyway, um, I would recommend you stay away, um, <laughs> and watch it at home. Uh, if you want to watch it, watch it at home. It'll be it'll be home very soon. And then, actually, if you want to go watch Exorcist Believer, go watch Exorcist One and then Three. And have a good time because those movies are really good. Anyway, that's all I got. Agreed. Um, thank you all so much for downloading us. We really appreciate all the support. Bye, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around for the mid credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online.